Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Straight from your waking nightmare, it's the Morning After podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, the Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With a large selection of cars, SUVs, crossovers, and trucks, and payments as low as $250 a month, Rob and his crew have exactly what you need. And with one of Idaho's largest Subaru service centers, Rob and his crew have got you taken care of with express oil changes in under 45 minutes guaranteed, or it's free. And now, Nick and Big J. Well, good morning, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Friday, man. We made it through another week. Uh, Friday the 13th, Big J. Yes, it is. Yeah. You uh, believe in that spooky, superstitious stuff? Nah. When it comes to Friday the 13th, anyway? Because sometimes you believe in spooky, superstitious things. I do. A la ghosts and demons and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would think that maybe Friday the 13th would get into that purview a little bit, but nah. Nah. You don't believe that uh, just because it's Friday the 13th, it's a bad day? Right. Hey, do you know if that started before the movies, or did the movies turn that into a bad thing? That I don't know. I just thought about that out loud. I wonder if we had that superstition before the movie and it played into that, or if because the movie was called The Friday the 13th, we now associate bad things with said it day. It seems like another you know, version of the egg and the chicken. Uh, it very well could be, although I'm guessing this one has a much easier answer than the egg versus chicken, thanks to our good friend Google. We need a Friday the 13th expert. Uh, I don't know if we do. Will we employ that person? And just to be at, at like uh, at our beck and call? Yeah, get for a whatever, contract ready. And, whenever we have uh, Friday the 13th up. questions. Uh, would that be a numerologist or would that be somebody that just specializes specifically in Friday the 13th? Hopefully somebody who doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. Oh, well, we have plenty of people like that on the show, uh, including you and I. Welcome to the morning <laughs> after with Nick and Big J. Thank you for hanging out with us on a Friday morning. It should be a good one. Big J's got a What You Gonna Do Fire Me song of the day today. Uh, we are going to talk lounge at the end of the universe where I was last night on a Thursday night. Big J, we went out and did social things yesterday. Yeah. Like on multiple occasions, we saw each other socially outside of this radio station, which is fun. It's nice to have brunch with you, Big J. It was nice to then have... Uh, were you drinking even when we went? Yeah, there? I had a, a cider. I think uh, it might have been uh, that might have happened before I got right, there. Right, you were I, there kind of late. I, I wanted well because I was going from that particular get together to the, the lounge, lounge yeah. and I was like, you know what, I'm going to show up a little bit towards the ass end of things, and then kind of make the segue a little bit easier on myself because I didn't know who did I miss? Did I miss a bunch of people or were they already? No, okay. no. and they were all salespeople. We were the only on air people. Are that you showed up. serious? Yes, I'm serious. That. That made me. That makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, so and, really and what we're talking about here is a, a colleague, uh, somebody who's worked here for many years, is is moving on to uh, to work in TV, and so uh, they work in the sales side. And there was a little get together to say thank you and goodbye and good yeah. luck, all that stuff. And uh, and you know, usually I do avoid those things like the plague. I was telling somebody that yesterday. Like, I mean, you know, it's just not my. Thing, but this is a gentleman that we've worked really closely with for 10 years yeah. and uh, is a really big believer in the radio station has done a lot of things for us and uh, is a very good person and I do legitimately wish him well on his next venture and so it's like you know what that's the kind of thing that you should show up for yeah the one guy we're like god we hope we don't lose him <laughs> right 
So uh, now we've lost him. Yeah. So now it's uh, back to square one, guys. Uh, on top of that, we're also going to talk lounge at the end of the universe today as well. They're coming in the eight o'clock hour. We got tickets to Anthrax, Black Label Society, as well as Exodus. So that show's happening on Tuesday, so it's going to be a good show today. And we play music. Let's kick things off with Alice in Chains. Wood is starting the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Now, I want to preface this by saying nothing is set in stone. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, a lot of papers that need to be signed, a lot of things that need to be figured out. But the federal government has earmarked $66 billion to try to improve train systems across the United States as part of a bipartisan infrastructure act. And So what happens is that funding is now including Amtrak passenger trains and rails. And so everybody's wondering, including the Boise Metro Chamber of Commerce, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we had Amtrak back in the, uh, the old Treasure Valley again? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Do you remember the last time an Amtrak was here when they actually left the Treasure I, Valley? No, but I mean, I, I, I'm I, not really, because I was a dumb kid, and well, I was like, well, I don't know anything about trains. They I, still work. I'm here to tell you, it was 1997. So it's been a long time since God, Amtrak it was a year after I graduated. Has been. I wasn't a dumb, I mean, I was a dumb kid. Yeah. Has <laughs> been a long time since Amtrak has serviced the Treasure Valley. But now they're talking to city leaders, business stakeholders to discuss trying to leverage some of those federal dollars to return Amtrak to the Treasure Valley. Now, in the very early stages of this particular thing, you're not going to be allowed, you're not going to be able to go a lot of places on Amtrak. If they get this thing the way they want it figured out, it is basically here to Salt Lake and vice versa. So it'll be a faster road of travel to Salt Lake City, Utah. But, you know, I mean, again, I, I've only limitedly been on trains a couple I've times. I've never, I mean, other than like touristy, like, you know, goofy train rides, I've never been on like yeah. an Amtrak ever. I mean, I don't think I would mind it so much, like a trip to Salt Lake. I don't, you know? well, I mean, yeah, I guess I'd have to have a reason to go there, but, I, and I'd also want to see what the time is. You know, it's a, what, about a six hour car ride? What do you think? Four, four, five, four, four or five. Four and a half, five hours. Depending on when yeah. you go. But, like, train would probably cut that in what half so maybe it's two and a half three hours you think? I, yeah maybe now i don't know i don't want to speculate but. even though uh we're not talking we're talking like it's a done deal there's no guarantee the rail service will start back up again and they're just starting an initial study to determine if the benefit of having this tr- you know come back to the treasure valley is something that justifies the cost and defend, depending on the findings of that study, speakers in the discussion panel estimated Boise could have Amtrak rail service to and from Salt Lake City in the next five to ten years, Big J. So get ready. Oh, boy. By the time you're 60, we could have a train again here in the Treasure Valley. So uh, we'll see if it ends up happening again. There's still lots of you know T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted before they even think if this is something that it's worth doing. But could happen. Could very well happen. Rough news for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. He will not play in Sunday's wildcard game against the Bengals. The decision has been put off day to day as Jackson recovers from a knee sprain. He posted the news on Twitter saying, I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. It will be the sixth missed game for Lamar Jackson since he injured his knee. And so they're going to need to upset the Cincinnati Bengals for Lamar Jackson to even possibly have a chance to get back on the field again. And we have your daily reminder that people that are famous are probably dirtbags, as it was finally announced, weirdly enough, that Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland is facing domestic violence charges in California. This stems from arrest in January of 2020. 
and so it, it's amazing still to this day that a celebrity can get arrested in the year 2023 now and it happened three years ago the fact that this was kept a secret for three years is crazy well, is it a kept as a secret or just nobody cared because he's a he's a writer, creator, and a voiceover guy? Well, I mean, I, I guess, you, but I mean, Rick and Morty's been famous for longer since 2020. Sure, Rick and Morty are famous. Yeah, but I would say if you know who Rick and Morty are, you watch Rick and Morty, you know who Justin Roiland is. Sure, yeah, but I mean, not in, like if it was an actor, like a, a legit like actor that you have prevalence of seeing I, on screen. Sure, but I mean, like, I, I guess if you know Justin Roiland, you know Dan Harmon, who also created Rick and Morty, and so... There, there were, he had his own troubles back uh, in like 2018, 2019. So everybody famous is a dirtball. He's looking at uh, one felony uh, bat- domestic battery, one felony count of false imprisonment, violence, fraud, and or deceit. He's facing up to seven years in prison. Uh, and uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. Apparently he was in court on Thursday and that's why this story came out. Finally, I don't know why you would think uh, maybe they don't do like this. It stems from a California thing. Maybe they don't do the the uh, the public mug shots like Ada County does. So that that information yeah. is like actually right. public. Like, right oh, away. that guy looks like that. Uh, the guy, the voice for Rick <laughs> Sanchez. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the six o'clock hour. <laughs> There you go. That's some Star Sun Breaking Benjamin teaming up. I'm waiting on the sky to change here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. You already know this unless you're living under a cave or maybe this kind of stuff isn't important to you. But you know, at least in some way or capacity, or maybe you've heard through the grapevine, that In-N-Out Burger is coming to the Treasure Valley at some point this year. Yeah, I mean, it should be, uh, you know getting close right uh, i don't Should know be? i mean I've, i drove by where the location is and it's not it doesn't look like it's anywhere <laughs> near close uh to getting opened up at least the one by the mall anyway because they said once they got the uh the the permit that it would be six months yeah and yeah. that seemed like it was close to six months ago uh no it was because they just got the permit like a month ago so oh, okay. I, I think you mm. we still have a little bit of time i'm thinking by the by probably summertime we'll have an in and out burger here yeah. in the treasure valley made me hungry but uh in and out burger is back in the news because not only are they expanding to Idaho, but the long iconic restaurant chain has said that they are going to make the jump to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. That it is going to open up some locations throughout the United States, specifically starting in Tennessee. And then as it goes, it's going to make its way over to something really on the East Coast, like the Floridas of the world and the Pennsylvanias, the New York cities. That's what they're planning on by the year 2026. So... I ask you a question, Big J, because I do really honestly in my heart of hearts believe that one of the reasons why In-N-Out Burger is what it is is because, number one, the food is good. I will absolutely agree to that, but it's it's not like life-altering, and I believe the exclusivity, the fact that you have to, in a lot of cases, go out of your way to get it makes it seem more delicious than it is. And it makes it seem like it's more an event than it actually is. Because it really is just a fast food place at the end of the day. But they have very good stuff, uh, except for the fries. Big J and I disagree on that world. But uh, I will say that it is one of those deals where I think the exclusivity and the difficulty to obtain it has led to the lore of In-N-Out Burger. And I wonder, as it becomes more readily available for people all over the United States of America, if some of that lore will be stripped away because now you can get it pretty much anywhere. 
Uh, probably, yeah. It would be hard not to uh, make that um, And I say that sure. as a former Arizona and California resident that had ready access to In-N-Out Burger on a regular basis. And it was like, listen, I enjoy In-N-Out Burger, but I went far less when it was accessible to me on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, I but see, but but you weren't you're not like in the in the range of of a crazy in and out person. Well, those are different people altogether. Okay, well, I mean, you know, those are some of the people that that love in and out and will get into a fight with you over it, right? I guess. So yeah, those I know people like that. I live with one. I know. Well, but th- so, those people were never going to change their minds. I'm talking about right. like new people that are have first introduced oh, to yeah. In and Out Burger. Yeah. I feel like it will become a less big deal to them, or they won't see the specialness of it if it becomes readily available I don't know. everywhere. I, I don't know. Go to an In and Out Burger anywhere, and what is happening? It's packed. Always. It's packed. You're waiting in line. It doesn't matter how many freaking In and Out Burgers there is in Southern California. It's a line okay yeah and maybe that's so, part of why i didn't go as much now that i'm thinking about it yeah, a lot you hate because lines. i do hate but but the in and out burger lines do move pretty fast you're not yes. waiting a whole hell of a long time i mean if they're you, experts yes they have figured it out it's a lot like chick-fil-a they have figured out how to get that drive through yeah. moving on a pretty regular basis you don't feel like you're waiting a whole long time so even if i did want in and out i never was something like oh man i gotta carve out well the first day in and out burger opened up in arizona you had to carve. Oh, yeah the first probably two weeks here you will have to carve out some time i won't be anywhere yes, near that to, to get in and out burger but once it slows down though and they figure it out you should be okay but uh colorado right now the furthest east that the chain has gotten and by 2026 they say they are going to be expanding to almost a nationwide kind of thing which is interesting um I, but i mean listen i can't blame them you're you're in the business to make money and, you know, I understand why a big a big thing, why they didn't want to move out of California forever was their ingredients were very important to them. And they wanted to make sure they had their, their deal with it. And then that changed when they were able to expand to other places. Now East Coast is a whole other animal. Well, they have to build distribution centers. Sure. Of course. That's part of the hang-up. And then it was a family-run organization, and they didn't want to, you know, bring in a lot of people that weren't part of that. Well, it still is. Uh, the yeah. granddaughter of the founder is the one making this call. Right. So. No, yeah. So, I mean, you know, at some point you got to advance, right? Exactly. Uh, or die, I believe is the phrase. <laughs> Morning after with Nick Expand and or die. Big J. Your what you gonna do? Fire me song of the day coming up on the X Rocks. That is Lincoln Park. That is numb here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Every Friday morning, Big J selects a personally curated song to get your Friday morning pumped up as much as possible. It's called the What You Gonna Do Fire Me Song of the Day. Big J, what's your Friday song today? Uh, it is All That Remains is Two Weeks. We'll hear the song and then we'll find out why. Enjoy. It's the X Rocks. That is all that remains. That is two weeks. That is Big J's What You Gonna Do Fire Me song for today. Big J, why'd you pick that one? Yeah, you know, people might not know this, but, uh, you know, in the past, we've had a really close relationship with that band. Oh, man. And uh, and some good times. And, of course, in 2018, it was just tragic uh, with uh, the news of Ollie's passing, Ollie Herbert, the guitarist. And, uh, I mean, it was, just, it was I, th- I think, six months before that they were here and they had played at the Knitting Factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd spent some time with all those guys, and it was just shocking. 
And uh, it's an unfortunate thing now because uh, the band has uh, has decided that they need to sue Elizabeth Herbert, his widow, uh, because uh, they feel she's holding up royalty payments to the group's surviving members. And uh, and there's some other stuff that, you know, she uh, alleges that they were stealing from her and her husband's uh, late recordings without permissions and just a lot of uh, kind of weird stuff. And they decided that they had to take some legal action to kind of make it stop because it was getting out of hand. And, you know, at the very beginning when that all that happened, happened to um there was a lot of accusations about elizabeth that, that yes. she may have had a role in ollie's death and i don't think anything's ever come of any of that but i mean i, I don't know if that's what kind of spurned this kind of ten, this tenuous relationship with the two uh but uh, it's just a sad and a, a bummer thing because uh we miss ollie a lot and it sucks i'm sure the band does of course as well one of my my favorite moments that we've ever had, and you can remember this, Big J. We were in Las Vegas, remember for a festival, yeah. <laughs> and we, our round table, our discussion. Round table discussion with Ollie and Jeannie and Phil was there, and Mike was there. The, everybody except for, uh, well, maybe the drummer was there. I can't remember his name now for some reason it escapes me. But we did have a chance to sit down and we talked to them for like forty five minutes. Yeah, and it was just a really fun and honest conversation. And to this day, I mean, we what we hung out with Ollie and, and Jeannie specifically, like four. Four or five times mm-hmm. just separately just two of the nicest people in the world of rock of course genie no longer part of the band either but uh man i miss ollie he was a really kind and really uh, amazingly good-hearted soul and uh really one of the best guys out there and oh by the way an incredibly talented guitarist yeah. if you get a chance and check out catalog stuff or things that ollie uh worked out and as a matter of fact i remember us talking to uh moroni from uh a dead desire yes about a song he had put together with ollie and he still hasn't had a chance to release that because elizabeth was holding up some of the things that were happening there but he was he played it for us and it's an amazing amazing song that has yet to see the light of day because of some of the stuff that's going on but just a talented talented musician and a really really good guy and he certainly is missed still five years later for sure yeah so we hope for some resolution with that and uh all the remains uh, i think about ready to release new music here very soon nothing wrong with that morning after with nick and big j coming up in a few minutes your important stuff plus we're going to hell Big J. Big J, you've been on this earth almost 50 years, and no, you've lived no. in some pretty rural places. That part is true. In your life, have you ever seen what you would classify as an unidentified flying object? Uh, no, I don't think so. You say you don't think so. Do you think, like, maybe there's some doubt in your mind somewhere? I mean, my my memory could be have, have been erased. So, oh, it could have been a men in black I mean, situation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. To my memory, I do not remember seeing a UFO or UAP or whatever you want to call them now. I want to call them a UFO. Uh, but it, that means you're in the minority, at least a little bit. Over the last couple of years, there are more unidentified flying object sightings than ever before, at least according to the Pentagon. Uh, not sure if we're actually seeing them or we're imagining things, but the Pentagon reports that it has received more than. 350 new reports of what it calls unidentified aerial phenomena, which is what Big J was referring to, the UAP. Actually, more than half have already been identified as balloons, drones, birds, or airborne debris, so there's that. But the rest, still unidentified. The increase may be due to pressure from Congress to keep a closer eye on the skies, but most of the reports have come from pilots on the alert for airborne kind of oddities and so that becomes a little bit more of a credible report than you know jim bob down in the middle of his field seeing you know what he calls a flying machine up in the sky so it's a little bit different when it comes from a credible source that it makes people think that these things are actually happening 
We've had this conversation before. You don't believe we're alone. You think UFOs and aliens are real, and they may already be among us. Correct? UFOs, yeah. And uh, and they uh, they have kind of made themselves part of our society. Already. I am obsessed with the secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. It, remind me what this is again. It is a show on History Channel, and there is a ranch in Utah that forever has been. You know, they they actually the government. Um, had a, a, a closely kind of, I mean, almost top secret um, investigation that they were doing out there because so much weird stuff was happening. A lot of unidentified flying objects and that kind of stuff was happening on this ranch. A lot of weird stuff happens. And, you know, they, they uh, are doing this investigation now in this show. This guy bought this. I mean, half of it is hyperbole, obviously, for TV, but they're, they think that it's a portal. Okay, Who, who's that? Very Stargate, like like a guy. He's he he worked for NASA for many years. Okay. I mean, he is. They're they're doing scientific stuff out there, and they just are getting a lot of weird readings and things like that. So is that a place? Can like you visit? Can, like, can you make a road trip to it and you can like take like a tour kind no, of thing? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. No, it's a private. Have you seen Nope yet? Uh, and here's the thing: is interesting. Your reason that you asked that is that when I see the Nope stuff, I'm like, I feel like the majority of this movie is based off of this ranch. It may the way you're describing. Well, it. Well, I went and looked that up, and they, you know, they say no, but I mean, it's clearly there's a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. seems similar to. You sure they what didn't nope say is. nope? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, they did. They said uh, no. Nope. But uh, you didn't answer. Have you no, not seen it? I have not seen okay. it yet. You told me you were going to do it I over know. your video. I know. Now I refuse to be uh, put into some sort of closet that I must go watch this show. No, uh, clearly you don't have to watch it. But uh, again, you, you, I told I you there's something. I don't have access to it. I'm so sorry. That's not true. Uh, I told you that there was something I really wanted to talk to you about. And you're like, yeah, okay, I'm on it. And now you are not interested again. Is that where we are? No, I am. Okay. I am. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren is moving to Chicago to be the president and CEO of the Bears. He will replace Ted Phillips, who is retiring at the end of this particular season. The Dodgers have acquired Miguel Rojas from the Miami Marlins in exchange for Jacob Amaya. Rojas will fill the gap left by uh, Trey Turner, who is going to the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Dodgers just reloading as they continue to make another run for the World Series. And I got to give it up to HBO Max, Big J. I have no idea what the hell they're doing, but they have some marbles on them, man. All they're doing is removing programming from this app on a regular basis and canceling things that they have promised for years, and now they're announcing a price increase, Big J. Two years after its launch, effective today, the price for your HBO Max subscription will increase from $14.99 to $15.99. It's really weird that a streaming service cuts a bunch of its content, content, removes even more series from the platform, including their originals that they've created, and then says it's going to cost you more to see less, which is quite the ballsy move by HBO Max. And guess what? I'm sure we're all still probably subscribing. Here's the thing. Maybe not as many people are watching some of this stuff as you think. Well, the point, I mean, listen, of course that's the case. Uh, but also, it's it's not about the amount of views. It's about the amount of royalties that they have to pay out for the content creators. When somebody, when you keep a show up on a streaming service, you don't get paid by the amount of views. You get paid by the fact that it's up there and available to watch. And you don't want to pay out that money for these particular things because you just want to cut ties from these people. And that's what HBO Max is doing. It's the same reason things come and go from Netflix. It's not because people aren't watching them. 
it's because they lose the rights to them to have them up on their actual platform. Hmm. But HBO Max is voluntarily removing things because they no longer want to pay these people for that content to be up, regardless of how many people are watching it. Because, I mean, you know, they're talking about, you know, Westworld was removed last week. The entire series that they created was removed from HBO Max. But they still had the numbers that it was getting about 200 to 300,000 people watching it on a regular basis. That's a significant number. Is it? Yes. Well, it's not enough to keep it going. I don't know if that is. I don't know if 200,000 is. Yeah, but I mean, it depends. Well, for an older show that no longer has new episodes, you've got to be somewhat. I mean, it's it's a number. I mean, it's a quantifiable number. If we had 200,000 people listening to this radio show, we'd be pretty damn happy, wouldn't we? Yes. And so yes, it all, it's all relative as to what goes on, I guess, is my point. And so the fact that they're removing things that people are actively watching is somebody that just wants to save money, and then they're charging you more to do it. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the 7 o'clock hour. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Of course, we're headed to Florida for today's We're Going to Hell story, Big J. And a man there is receiving treatment for a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his leg. But he's not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from anybody, especially those who believe in instant karma. Because police say that Justin McCall, a 28-year-old who recently bonded out of jail where he was being held on burglary charges, stole a gun from inside of a vehicle that he was trying to break into when another gun he was holding accidentally went off, shot himself in the leg, Big J. Neighborhood the scream that uh, came along with the gunshot and then called 911. Ambulance rushed him to a hospital where he was treated. Meanwhile, police are investigating the shooting, revealed security camera footage from Holmes and saw that he was basically breaking into a bunch of cars in that area and homes as well. And then he accidentally shot himself as he was leaning over into a car and the gun went off and shot himself in the leg. So he was charged a day after the shooting, arrested on charges of grand theft, burglary to a structure, car burglary, felony violation, and probation as well. So there's all of that, but that seems like it's instant karma to me. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I forgot that you were on the different microphone. Sorry. Uh, sorry, we, we might have a guest here. Uh, uh, criminals, again, they just don't care about gun safety. It's ridiculous. It's true. It is not very high on their priority list, but certainly swift justice, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Of course, this gentleman also has 13 felony convictions in the past 10 years, so uh, not exactly a great learner either when it comes to being punished for some of the things he's done in the past. But a reminder to make sure that I guess the safety's on, right? If you're breaking into cars, is that the reminder I want to give? I don't think so. But it is something that you probably need to make sure that it's something that is happening if you are doing pretty much anything, any other kind of physical activity, you know? And you have a weapon on you. It just seems like it's the way to go so that these things do not happen. Yeah, keep that thing holstered, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, money says this guy was not wearing a holster in, in any way, well, shape, or form. There you go. I mean, they automatically know you're doing something wrong. There you go. Uh, although the wrong began long before that, probably, as he started breaking into cars and houses. But then again, Big J, Florida, as we said it before, we'll say it again. Yeah. Not exactly the smartest place in the world. But instant karma, exactly. Once a thief, always a thief, and now he's in trouble for it. So uh, watch out, everybody, and make sure you mind your P's and Q's. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There is your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X-Rocks. 
That's the Foo Fighters. That is Monkey Ranch here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And, of course, it's a big weekend here in the Treasure Valley. Uh, last night, he was at Lounge at the End of the Universe. Tonight, Lounge at the End of the Universe. Tomorrow night, Lounge at the End of the Universe. Tickets at loungeboise.com or getgas.com. Craig Gas once again joins us in studio on this Friday morning. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Uh, it is Elvis is dead. I don't believe that Elvis is dead. I was telling you that I think the Bush song, I said I for the first time I heard him singing, I don't believe Elvis is dead. And I was like, how did I not notice that in that song? Um, dude, last night was great. Um, it was. We had uh, Dave Buckner mm-hmm. came out. Um, uh, the winner of Survivor. Mike. Was there. Yep. Crazy. Mike was there who just won Survivor and, and made a lot of news for giving all his money away. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and uh, we got a show tonight, show tomorrow, and great crowds coming out. Um, and I just uh, find myself uh, feeling grateful. That's not a funny... <laughs> <laughs> well, here you should. I'll tell you why. Because... You were the only person I think we've ever had uh, in the studio. I mean, you've been here all week, but we gave you uh, we gave you a key fob. A key. <laughs> yeah, you I can forgot. Come that, and go. As I you forgot, and like I saw somebody out the corner of my eye earlier, just a little bit ago, walk in here. I didn't even know what's happening. And you walk in, and I'm like, oh, I was kind of caught me by surprise. And I'm like, oh yeah, we gave him a key fob. Which, he just which, comes and goes as he wants. By the way, it was really tempting. Not being able to come in for the last two days, like I wanted to be able to stop in, and I was like, that would be weird though. Like we we already said when I was coming in, it would be weird. Like having the key was such a temptation. Also, because and this is a really funny story, the guy next door, uh, the uh, at the river, yes, Ken. He, I sent him an email about um, doing his show. He wrote me back and said, "Oh my god, this is the greatest email I've ever received." You are the reason why I do radio. I wish I had a talk format so that I could just talk to you for an entire show. This is really the greatest email I've ever received. You are a true talent. Then he sent me a second email and said, by the way, your talent. He just raved and raved. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, the reason I was writing you was to see if I could come in this morning. And he wrote me back and said, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. You just said all these wonderful. Well, because you're scheduled up later today. I guess so. I guess so. It, but might, it also might be a form letter, Craig, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. That, <laughs> might, that might be his automatic reply. The form letter is a beautiful, you're an amazing, this is the reason why I'm in radio. Oh, that's amazing. It does sound like that a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I find myself, uh, uh, I, I came up on an anniversary that gives me gratitude because, and this is not a funny story. This is not a funny story in any way, shape, or form. But it's where I learned about gratitude which is um i have a a lot of friends of mine who are way more successful than me who go out of their way to not get recognized by people but i am the kind of person that when somebody recognizes me i'll be like i've literally gotten so excited when people recognize me (laughs) that i'll make it where it gets to a point where people go all right uh so we gotta go. Like, well, where are you going? I'll come with you. Come on, you're my fan. Let's hang out. Like you know, I'll be super excited. So, um, so when I was at a Seahawks bar in Las Vegas once, uh, and a woman comes up and says, "Hey, I'm really sorry to bother you, but my husband is your biggest fan." And I was like, well, "Where's your husband at? Let's go hang out with him." And uh, and she goes, "He's right over there. He's too shy to say hello." And I go, "Let's go over." And I, I go, "What's his name?" She goes, oh, "His name's Bob." And I walk over and I go, "What's up, Bob? I'm Craig Gass." And he's like, "Hey, oh my God, I'm your biggest fan." And I sat down and hung out with him. 
we ended up hanging out watching the whole game together. He was unbelievably kind, unbelievably sweet. And uh, a couple things I noticed about him that was subtle. He had two teenage kids with him who loved him, which I thought, that's weird. Like, teenage kids never love their parents. <laughs> and then um, he also had this incredible story. He has all these health problems. He's morbidly obese. Sure. So he's had tons of health problems, which means he's got tons of medical bills. At one point, he was in a coma and ended up in a coma for, I think, a week. Or was it a week or two weeks he was in a coma? And he had this incredible story that when he was in a coma, his wife would come in with a boombox and play his favorite band on a boombox. And he had a physical reaction in a coma. Oh, wow. Which was that uh, he was crying. There were tears coming down his face because it was his favorite band. And Must I was, have been Metallica. Yeah. Well, I asked. I was oh. like, I go, who's your favorite band? And he goes, uh, Pearl Jam. And I was like, Pearl Jam's your favorite band? And he goes, yeah. yeah. And I said, do you know that I'm friends with one of those guys? And he goes, yeah, dude. I follow you on Facebook. <laughs> you, he goes, dude, you get to do all kinds of cool stuff. And I instantly felt... Uh, guilty that I have not put anything out into the world to get these gifts of just right place, right time, things just happen. And him and I love all the same things. We Mm -hmm. have the same uh, favorite football team, same favorite bands, but I just have found myself in situations that are cool that he hasn't. So I just, I felt guilty about that. So... Uh, I got his phone number, we stayed in touch, and then every time I come to Vegas, I would take him out to dinner, and I started becoming more and more concerned about Bob's health, and I would ask him, like, are you doing anything? Oh, he's a special ed teacher. Okay. Which is another thing that I loved about him. And I would ask him, do you do anything to help yourself out with your health? Like, do you walk at all? And he's like, well, it's tough because I'm, I'm literally physically picking kids up all day, so when I get home, I'm pretty tired, and I'm like... But you know, like 20 minutes, you can't go for a walk for 20 minutes. And, and he goes, well, you know, it's really hard. And and it started to get weird the more I brought it up. Like I was getting invasive. I remember his wife would go, you know, Bob's really tired. And I'd go, well, like for 20 minutes, though, he can't walk for 20. Like I started being a dick about it. Right. And then I remember saying to him, um, dude, I'll walk with you. You, you want to go for a walk? Let's. I'll, I'll go for a walk with you. And we'll we'll talk on the phone every day. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, dude, look at me. I need to go for a walk let's i'll how about when i get home on sunday i'll give you a call and then we'll go for a walk and he was like all right cool which felt like a good thing to do and then i got home and i realized oh man i promised this guy <laughs> like it's one thing to say i'm gonna do a good thing for you and then <laughs> now you're I, locked in now, now you're yeah. now it's like oh man i promised somebody i would do a good thing for them and i was and i could even tell in the sound in his voice when i called him i said hey bob you want to do this and he goes yeah i guess and i was like <laughs> Just, dude, just put your shoes on. Just put your shoes on. We'll go for a walk. And we walked for 20 minutes. And then the next day, we walked for 20 minutes. And then the day after that, I could see the clock, and I just didn't say anything. We kept walking and walking. And I was like, Bob, that was 30 minutes. And he was like, really? And I go, yeah. Then we start walking up to an hour. Every day, we're walking for an hour. I do a show in Minneapolis where Pearl Jam, I time it so that I can go see Pearl Jam. Uh-huh. Mike from Pearl Jam comes out to my show. And then I go to his show in a much bigger room. And um, and at his show, I tell him, did I tell you about um, my buddy that I walk with every day? And he goes, you have a walking buddy? And I said, well, it's it's as heterosexual as it's... it's uh, one, dude, you, you have to hear this story. I'm walking with a guy every day. He's the sweetest guy I've ever met. He's a special ed teacher. He lives in Las Vegas. He has all these health, health problems because he's morbidly obese. But dude, he was in a coma. 
in a coma and he had a physical reaction listening to your music. He had tears coming down his face listening to your music. And I normally would never do this, but the next time Pearl Jam plays in Las Vegas, can I send him to your show and introduce him to you? And he was like, yeah, of course. And then he started making jokes and he goes, hey, maybe the band will take him for a walk. We'll walk him around the building. <laughs> and uh, so now I have a secret from for Bob. Sure. And I don't want to bring it up and I just um, you know, we're walking every day and of course Pearl Jam always comes up and at some point they announced that Pearl Jam was going on tour soon and he goes, "Man, did you see they're they're going on tour?" and I was like, "Oh man, Bob. Those tickets are hard to get, man." Like I, I was I was setting this yeah. this oh, like story. Oh, no, up. Man. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to mess your face up by sure. making you think it's going to be impossible. I'm going to hit you with it. And then in September um I get a phone call from his wife, and she goes, hey, where are you at? And I said, oh, I, I just landed uh, at home in, in LAX. And she said, hey, so I have some bad news. Bob's in the hospital. He has 48 hours to live. He had oh another uh, medical incident, um, and he's septic. And I was like, oh, okay. And she goes, so you know, I just wanted to tell you he's going to die. And I, I didn't know. It was the first time I was ever in a public place where I started crying. Because I've been ta- I've been talking to that guy more than anyone in my I talked to him for an hour a day every yeah. single day, and then I realize, you know what? I'm just gonna get in my car. I'm just gonna go drive straight to Vegas. So I get in my car and I start driving to Las Vegas, and then all of a sudden it hits me. I never got to do this amazing thing. Yeah, I had this cool surprise. He never had amazing stuff happen to him, and and I just missed being able to do it for him. So I started texting Mike, and I said, Hey, man, I don't know if you remember my friend um, that you said you would meet him. You said next time you do a show in Vegas, I I could introduce you to him. Um, He's not going to make it because uh, I just found that he has 48 hours to live. But I would like to tell you what he would have said to you because he talked about you almost every day. And I started writing my friend a fan letter Hmm. about all the things that that Bobby say about him. And then Mike wrote me back and said... What's his name? And I said, his name is Bob Miles. And uh, and I kept driving. And after 45 minutes, uh, Mike sent me a video. And I opened it up. And it was Mike McCready with a guitar. And he goes, hey, Bob Miles. Uh, this is Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. My friend Craig Gass told me about what you are going through right now. And I, I wrote you a song um, that I hope will carry you over so here we go and he just starts playing this musical piece and i was like jesus oh my god and then i called renee bob's wife and i was like hey how is bob doing is he like conscious and she goes well he's in and out and i said all right you need to show this video to you to him and at that point mike sends me another video and another video of him playing music for bob and i started forwarding the videos to renee and i was like i i go you have to show him this video his uh the guitarist of pearl jam just wrote music for him and she went to his bedside and he was semi-conscious and she said hey craig's coming he's gonna hang out with you and he went oh cool and then she goes but look at this mike mcgree from pearl jam wrote music for you and he sat up in bed she showed him the videos and she said he was sitting up and he started pulling his eyelids down because tears were streaming down his face and the last thing that bob saw was his favorite guitarist from his favorite band playing music that he had written for Bob. That's and amazing. it ended up being the most one of the most profound things that uh, 
in all that time, I wanted to do something amazing for him and I couldn't. And then he had the most amazing moment when he went out. And, uh, and that um, is a gratitude lesson that I learned that, that makes me, like when I come back and hang out with people and reconnect with friends, that makes me grateful to be alive. Oh, so man. again, it's an amazing yeah. story. Not amazing story. a great way to so, like, uh, sell tickets to a comedy It was hilarious. Show. That was, it was. More I, funny stories like that at CraigAstonLoungeBoise.com. Yeah. How, how do I segue into traffic from that, Craig? Uh, we're all going to die. So here's traffic. Go out and I know. Lounge poison. That makes me a, a bigger Mike McCready fan, believe it or not, as well. Absolutely. As well. That is incredible. Yeah, could you do cool. us a favor, though? Stop. Tell your friend Mike to come to freaking town. To Boise? Yeah. He All right. They owe us a show. It's been it's a long been like time. It's been like 20 plus years. Has it really? Yeah, it's been wow. a long time. It's crazy. Give me your phone. <laughs> Morning after. It turns you. out I'm selling less tickets now to my show. <laughs> I've actually, there are people who are asking for refunds. Sorry. Lounge we got boys. Craig Gass in studio. <laughs> He's at the lounge tonight and tomorrow night. More from him on the way, but we got to take a look at traffic inside the TDS Fiber Traffic Center. CB. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Morning after with Craig Gass in studio as well at the Lounge at the End of the Universe uh, tonight and tomorrow night, 7 o'clock shows. Grab your tickets at loungeboise.com or Yay. getgas.com. Yay. Uh, Everyone's going to cry. <laughs> no, it's although you might get emotional at a yeah. Craig Gass show. I'm not going to lie. There were some emotions last night. Especially, you know what? Yeah. Especially. Uh, I was going to say, especially if you love Gene Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's a lot of emotions involved. In I admire Simmons. that Jay's always pulling us back into comedy. He's like, we got to get back to comedy, yeah. Craig. Stop making people cry. But yes, some of the new material that I'm doing is definitely very emotional and very real. And so. also very funny. So uh, that's why you should definitely check it out for sure. Uh, we like to bitch and moan about the traffic around here in the Treasure Valley, but we really, I think at the end of the day, know how spoiled we are and how it's really not as bad as we'd like to let on. And yes, it's taken us longer to get home over the last couple of years of the influx of population here in the Treasure Valley. But we're not even close to the global traffic scorecard rank of the most congested cities in the world. I saw that. You you have traveled a bunch. Have you ever played London? Have you ever been to London? Yes, many times. That is considered to be the worst city for traffic in the world. Does that check out as far as you're concerned? Wow. You know what? I will say this. I've, I've very rarely been in a car in London. I always take the... What do they call it? Not the loop. The, the trolley. The, not the trolley. The the underground? The oh, underground. The, I guess, yeah, the London Underground. Is London it, Underground. It's like but, the subway, but they but, don't call it the subway, yeah, right? They call it something else. But yes, I've, I've never... Uh, it's usually late at night in a cab. Makes sense. Uh, but I didn't know that they did an international. I heard the news mm-hmm. about worst traffic in the country. Yeah, and it's Chicago. Chicago's number one. I would have guessed, and I'm shocked it's not even in the top five, because it used to be number two for a while. And it got worse. Seattle. I've said multiple times Seattle is the worst traffic. And I've been to L.A. a bunch, but Seattle traffic was a nightmare. It was Absolute a nightmare. nightmare. Seattle traffic is its just the city has outgrown itself Yeah, is, is the issue. Uh, New York and L.A., there's ways to navigate it. But Seattle, I thought. So, number one, Chicago. Number one, Chicago in the U.S., number I mean, one in the world, London. And then New York, Miami, also on the list there. We are in Chicago. In an RV. God, Worst thing ever. It was a nightmare. It Worst was. thing ever. Driving a large vehicle in those big cities, I can't even fathom like what? how you can Were make you that driving an RV in Chicago for? 
We were headed to Rock on partying, the Range. Dude. We were Rock partying. on the Range. Yeah, we took an RV from here to Rock on the Range and made pit stops to and from and did our show live from different places around the country. And then in one year, we took listeners with us. Was that the year we took listeners with us? The winter uh, Chicago? Yeah, it I was. think so. Yeah. So, All right, I want you to be honest with me. Hmm? When you took the listeners. Yeah, they were great. Okay. All of them? Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. No problem. It was actually, we were we were really worried when we <laughs> said, because we, we took four listeners with us, uh, two girls, two guys, and we were really worried, but we have made friendships with those people that still last to this day, and yeah. we went on the road trip with them like 13 years ago. Okay, question. If I ask you, who's the scariest listener you've ever had, would both of you be thinking of the same person? <sighs> Sca- like, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think what definition of scary is. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's one that pops into my mind just because he. he it seemed like he was stalking me uh, for a while. Love it. I already love it. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Remember, I was telling your buddy Arden. <laughs> oh, you gonna name him? Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a good guy. I mean, he's okay. a good guy. But, <laughs> but he would, I don't he would, remember this he's a good guy. He would, hey, Arden. Just so you know, we, we just said you scared Jay he would and you creeped come him out. Come to all of our live broadcasts, and he would be on a bicycle. <laughs> And it's like, you know, he would hang out for a while, and it's like, you know, maybe, you know, give some other people a chance to talk to us, and et cetera. And I'm out in front of my house, and this is before I got married and everything, and I'm out in front of my house, I'm having a cigarette, and uh, and then all of a sudden, I see him ride his bike uh, down the street, and he sees me. And he's like, he rides over to me, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I know where you live. Now he knows where I live. No. Oh, I did that yeah. once at my apartment building in Los Angeles. Remember I said that, like, anytime anybody recognizes me, I'll get, like, super excited about yeah. it. I'm outside my apartment, and this guy goes, Craig Gass, what are you doing here? And I go, I freaking live here, dude. What's up? And I high five him, <laughs> and I open the door to my apartment, the girl that I was living with at the time, and I go, honey, get out here. This guy knows me, and he loves me. And I was like, yeah, this is my girlfriend. And I'm like, I'm I'm just a lunatic Cause, about Because when people recognize you. Yeah, you, I, I get excited. And so <laughs> he goes, dude, you live? I go, yeah, dude, I live right. This is my apartment right here. 319. And I, I, I walk away from him, and I go, why did I do? like I'm I'm never home. He could literally open up my Facebook and see I'm all over the country yeah. right now. That apartment is empty. Yeah. And you could go in there anytime. Like, and steal all the KISS memorabilia. Steal all the yeah. KISS stuff. Where are my careful. KISS dolls? you got to be careful. Yeah. So uh, be thankful you don't live in one of those cities because the traffic does suck in those places. We're not too bad here. It's a good sure. tangent. Uh, <laughs> reminder that if you're watching NFL this weekend, Lamar Jackson will not be on the field. He officially announced it on Twitter that he will Ooh. not be able to play. Uh, not sure if they're able to overcome the Cincinnati Bengals if he'll be able to be on the field next week. But they're going to have their hands full with the Bengals as it is. So he's very upset. It's been six weeks since he's been on the field. Still don't really know anything of what the injury has been diagnosed with. We just know he's got a knee injury, probably a sprain, but don't know how serious it is. But that's never, never good. So Lamar Jackson not on the field this weekend. Or a case of the contractees. Could very well be, but that's a weird thing to do on a contract year. You probably want to play really well and play healthy so that people give you a whole lot of money to play. I'm obsessed with Arden right now. I can't stop thinking about Arden. He'll probably be in one of the yeah. shows. He's a good dude. He is a good dude, despite the, <laughs> the bad news from Big J. Uh, that hey, was years ago, speaking though. Speaking of bad news, I've got bad news about Jack Nicholson, Big J. Uh, his oh. friends are concerned about him. Well, yeah, he's freaking old. Yeah, the actor hasn't been seen in public in more than a year, and apparently he hasn't left his house in that amount of time 
either. He's 85 years old. He hasn't done anything since 2011 with the movie How You Know with Reese Witherspoon and Paul Rudd. But according to uh, his friends, he's giving off a real Marlon Brando vibe towards mm-hmm. the end. So not oh, on, wow. a, not in an iron lung. No, okay. uh, not at least that. But they are saying like he's like uh, getting weird and saying weird things and not like being around friends and likes to be real reclusive. And so they're worried that you know he's not in a relationship anymore and yet he might actually just like pass away alone and quietly. And so they're checking oh, on him sad, as much as possible. Does he have family? I don't know. I mean, he's got kids. Like he had kid when he's like what, what 68. About anybody or from the Laker organization? Uh, you would think that's yeah. I would think Laker games. And then the other thing is, I didn't even notice until you point this out. Is every time I watch those award shows, Nicholson was always that front row center guy. He was yeah. that centerpiece of like, yeah. there's the legend, Jack Nicholson in the front row, and he hasn't been there for a couple years. No, no. And so uh, it's been a long time. But yeah, he's 85 years old. Apparently, he doesn't leave his house anymore. So uh, that could be very, very sad, very, very soon. Uh, Craig, I noticed. <laughs> you just predict his death. Yeah. Well, that's we what do, we do. We do that a lot. We here. do this. Sometimes it, it's almost be. a guarantee that over this weekend he will die because <laughs> yeah. we brought it up. We do that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you do a lot of impressions. No Nicholson, right? No, because so many guys did Nicholson yeah. when I first started doing. Like when I first started doing it, it was like I wanted to do voices that nobody does. So I wanted to do like Sam Kinison. Like it was just to be able to do that thing. People would do the scream, but I just I love that voice where you just go, wait a second. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. I thought that guy was dead. Oh! But so many guys were doing Nicholson. I'm actually embarrassed that I do a walk-in because some people do walk-in. But um, but it's such a fun voice because you can do anything with walk-in and go, when I bite into a York peppermint patty, I get the sensation. It's like little people touching my butt. It's incredible. Um, and um, uh, then, but I, I like to go where other people don't. Even when I would do impressions on the Howard Stern show, I wouldn't do a straight impression. I would take the impression, like, like when I first started working with Howard, Al Pacino was all over the news because Al Pacino had twins, even though Al Pacino was like 6,700 mm-hmm. years old. <laughs> and I pitched an idea of like, hey, how funny would it be if we could have one of Al Pacino's babies? on the show and uh, the only person that thought it was funny in the pitch meeting was Howard which is all I needed (laughs) and we would do this regular segment where Howard would go man you are Al Pacino's baby what do you like to do for fun Uh, what do I like to do for fun I like to pee you like to pee I love to pee my mama Beverly D'Angelo Whenever she changes my diapers, I give her a quick squirt right in the face. <laughs> yeah. And these are the kind of jokes you can hear at the lounge at the <clears> end of the universe. When I first started listening to Stern, uh, Al Pacino's baby was a big part of that. Oh, yeah. And I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it. And I was like, God, I loved Al Pacino's baby. Yeah, it was my favorite things. Yeah, it was all. And then it started to get weird because. <laughs> weird. Al, well, because Al Pacino's baby was such a hit that I started pitching, like, whenever I did a bad impression, I'm like, like, oh, what if this, like, I can't do Arnold Schwarzenegger, so what if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, 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 mentally diminished brother? <laughs> and they're like, dude, what are you doing? And I go, well, because Al Pacino's baby was a hit. 
It's like, yeah, you just you just do a crappy Schwarzenegger impression. Like, yeah. you're, just, you're trying to validate a crappy. So, yeah. But, yeah, I always like to put, like, a, a, a twist on it that I thought would be fun, which is what the show is. So when you come out to the lounge this weekend, it's a lot of impressions, stories about people who you do impressions of. Indeed. And it's very, very funny. GetGas.com, LoungeBoise.com for tickets tonight, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. LoungeBoise.com. We're going to come back and do some pop culture smackdown. Hold tight for that. But first... On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big prize this morning. We have tickets to Anthrax, Black Label Society, Exodus happening Tuesday at the Rev Center. We'll get you those and VIP tickets to the lounge at the end of the universe. So, uh, you know, this is a stand-up comic pretty cool person happening at there this weekend. Craig Gass. Oh, oh, oh my nice. God. Yeah, you can God. get your tickets at loungeboise.com if you, you want to buy them. cry this morning. Yeah, yeah, both of us. We all cried. Uh, you just got to beat me in Pop Culture Smackdown, and, and you know, you can use Craig as your lifeline if you want. Sure. Oh, I love it. That I is lo- absolutely fine. We're I, cool with that. I'm a good lifeline. So, hopefully you have Howard Stern show uh That was yesterday, Craig. Oh. I'm sorry. We did all of our Howard Stern show questions yeah. yesterday. Oh, man. I could have used your help. Uh, but uh, today is all about LL Cool J, and I know Craig oh. loves LL oh, Cool who J. Doesn't? Tomorrow's his birthday, so we're going to talk about that. 208-287-1003 if you'd like to play Pop Culture Smackdown. We'll see if you got what it takes. Let's go to the phones. Good morning, the X. Hey. Good morning, man. What's your name? My name is Joseph. All right, Joseph, your first LL Cool J question. Uh, in one of LL Cool J's best-known hits, what does Mama say? Does she say, oh. shut your mouth? Knock you out or clean your plate. Mama, don't knock you out. There you go. Right. Mama said, "Knock you out." Big J, what do the initials LL stand for in LL Cool J? Uh, it is uh, um, ladies love. Ladies love. Cool James, that is correct. Back to you there, Joseph. LL Cool J starred as a running back in a football movie with Al Pacino called what? The A Gap, Any Given Sunday, or Touchdown? I feel like. Any Given Sunday. Okay. What were you going to say? I I feel like that's where you should go and give us an every every inch. One inch at a time. Do you have the speech memorized? This game is a game about inches. We fight to survive. And then Lawrence Taylor is on crack in the middle of the locker room going, Yeah! Yeah! All right, Lawrence. Take it easy, boy. Hoo Very nice. Big J, LL Cool J asked John Carpenter to star in a Halloween sequel. He finally obliged with what Halloween movie that LL Cool J started. It's a hallo- like legitimate Halloween legitimate movie. Legitimate Michael Myers oh. Halloween movie. Which wow. one was LL Cool J in? Halloween 3. Halloween 3. Is that Season of the Witch? I don't know. No, either way, it's wrong. It doesn't matter which one it is. Uh, do you happen to know, Joseph, you win no matter what? Uh, I have no idea, but is it so I married an axe murderer? Uh, no, that is <laughs> no, no relation no. It's to It's Halloween Michael 7, Return of oh, the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, hang on one second. We will hook you up with those tickets, not only to Craig Gas, but also to Anthrax. You have won. The correct answer is actually H2O, if you remember right. that movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Halloween 20 years later. Man, they, the they really beat that thing into yeah. the ground. Yeah. That's the one that LL Cool J was in. We actually called the movie H2O, for God's sake. Uh, congratulations, man. Hang on one second. We are going to learn more about the lounge at the end of the universe and more about Craig Gas coming up next here what? on The X Rocks. <laughs> 
That is a Smashing Pumpkins. That song is called Beguiled here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Another big weekend out at the lounge at the end of the universe. There's always something going on. We've had Craig Grass in studio most of this week. That will continue. But we're going to talk to Jen Adams, who, of course, is the curator, the owner, the operator, the uh, woman behind the curtain at the lounge. You're at the making end of the me universe. tired with all those titles. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes in front of the curtain as well. Uh, Jen Adams is here Truth. this morning to talk about all the cool things happening at the lounge. What's going on, Jen? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, besides having. Craig Gass for the weekend, which we always, always love having Craig in. He puts on an amazing show. That's him applauding for himself in the background, by the way. He's, a, he's a huge fan. He's a huge fan. Uh, but, uh, but, but we often do things after the comedy show, and this weekend, no exception, we, we have two things. Uh, so tonight, uh, and this is really cool, so, so once a month, we have a music jam. It's a curated jam, and uh, it's professional musicians only, and many of these guys are uh, involved with the song Sawtooth Festival, mm-hmm. and so uh, Chris Cullinan, who's also Boise Rocky Oki. So if you've ever been out for that, uh, which is a lot of fun, basically it's karaoke but with a live band, and they've got a big old book, uh, uh, super fun. Um, but uh, uh, outside of that, oh, I'm sorry, you're I was going to say uh, real musicians, which means drugs. If you like drugs? Come <laughs> out to the club. There's going to be drugs and partying and probably uh, sex. Sex. Oh my god. So so what's really funny about that is most of these guys are like our age. So uh, those drugs are going to be like Viagra and, you know, pro- probably some Prilosec. You know, if you have are you into Dones back miss? <laughs> Dones back pain. Oh, those are good. Dude, the pads? drugs oh. come out for the drugs. <laughs> and, and Chris might bake you some bread, actually, because he does oh. that. He brings us food all That's the time. That's great. He lives down the street from the lounge, so he'll just show up sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's pretty fantastic. But um, but these guys are, are pros. The last time that we had this jam session, uh, we wound up with a five-piece horn section on stage. It was insane. I was, like, running around the back, like, just looking at people going, can you believe this? Like, it was just... (laughs) It was one of those times where I was so proud and and just amazed... at the lounge because you just never know who's going to show up for it and, and I know that there's going to be some pretty heavy players there so and it's free you can just stick around so if you come to Craig's show you can just stick around for the jam session afterwards uh, and there's a lot of guys and they, they've been playing uh, in and out of bands together for years so it's a lot of fun to watch them just communicate on stage in the middle of a song it's a lot like when you watch jazz and you see those guys kind of like give it to each other or just decide to take a, a left turn in the song yeah it, it, that's magic to me because it's it's improvisational, but with a level of mastery that is incredible. And you know, it's how you look people at that describe go, the show, I, I, so I get it. Yeah, it just just amazing. So so that's tonight, <laughs> right after uh, Craig's show, and then tomorrow. Because we like to just do things that are different. Uh, we have a rock opera going on. And that's actually going on all January, uh, every Saturday in January. And then if you go on the website, there's a couple of Sunday matinees for, for the early birds. But uh, uh, it's a uh, rock opera of Romeo and Juliet. It was written in French by a composer there. And then it's been produced in over 20 European countries. And this is the first production in America that's ever been done. And the woman who's directing and producing it translated all the lyrics, got permission, which was its own just epic journey from, from the composer to do the, the rock opera here. So that kicks off right after Craig's show tomorrow night. Amazing. So, uh, yes, Damn. yes. I have a question. Uh, <laughs> Jen, I've never asked you this question, but since we're in an interview format, I get a chance to ask you something like this. In all the years you've had the lounge the end of the universe so many hundreds of comedians have come through i know you have an answer to this what was and and i think it's one of the most fascinating things about comedy we talked about it when i first came in on monday morning 
shows not going well, what was the most awkward moment that ever happened on stage? And I will share one of mine, which was Oklahoma City. I'm on stage. I'm doing a show. The guy who's opening... No, actually, it was the opening act. The guy who opened for me is on stage, and he was clearly obsessed with somebody on the left side of the stage. He kept <laughs> looking over to the left side of the stage and doing his act and, and looking over. And then he finally stopped and said, I'm sorry, but... Ma'am, why won't you look me in the eye? This, this, she won't... Like, are you freaking blind or something? Oh, oh you, no. Are oh, you blind? God. Oh, my God. And the whole room <laughs> oh, just froze. No. And he made one of the biggest rookie mistakes. He tried to just go back into his act, and he said, so uh, you guys ever go to Walmart? <laughs> Who cares about Walmart? You just made fun of a blind woman, you son of a bitch! And people are screaming at him, and the only people laughing are me and two other comedians in the back of the room. Because it's oh, amazing to watch that. Have, what is the most awkward oh my god you just screwed up this whole show moment that ever happened at the lounge i i, I wish i could say that that's happened but it has guess like, what like we haven't had a, i mean I, it's so, gonna happen I tonight well, <laughs> in the middle of my show yes. well you know as i was describing the romeo and juliet rock opera in my head i was like man i really wish we could just give craig a microphone and you just troll the show yes. like with different celebrity voices. yes listen if you are blind or have some kind of physical abnormality, come to the show tonight and let's have an awkward moment. Let's make it weird. Do it for Boise. Do it for the audience. Come out. If there's something wrong with you physically, come out to the show. Loungeboise.com will we'll, we'll offer you medical... <laughs> <laughs> medical like, coverage. Please, please medical coverage. No, 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 I can wait. barely get my own medical coverage at this point. Okay. Actually, what I would like is if you're a medical worker, uh, uh, you should come and give give me some treatment just for free. I need it so yeah. badly. Uh, I do. I do have an awkward uh, moment though. Uh, really, the whole show. Um, and, and the one that comes to mind is uh, I had Tim Northern in, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's based out of Nashville, and and he's. A comedian in the same way that, like, do you remember, uh, I mean, back when Mitch Hedberg was alive and, and working and, and up and coming, like, the audience either got him or they didn't get him. I was just saying that Mitch was my first roommate in New York. Oh, no kidding. And I was just telling the story at dinner a couple nights ago that uh, Mitch would either slowly build up into just a killer show or the audience just didn't get it and it would be 45 minutes of the most uncomfortable <laughs> comedy right. you've ever heard yeah so so tim northern is very similar so so the audience either understands the joke and, and, and i mean his whole act or they just are like what the hell are we watching right yeah. now what's what is happening we don't understand and the last time that i had him in he had one killer show amazing show and then the next night it was that it was just dead silence you could hear ice oh, clink like God. it was just and and i mean i I my stomach turns in knots in the back of the room because I'm like this guy is so funny and you guys are too <laughs> stupid to understand what he's doing. Like, just, I just was back there hating the audience. I had that. The, uh, was I telling? Was it you guys? I was telling the story about uh, that hot room in L.A. called the uh, Dublin's that uh, Dane Cook used to close out every. Yes. Week? Was that, okay. Yes. So um, it was the room that every comedian wanted to be a part of, and I was trying and begging just to get on the show because it was like. Every Tuesday, it was the hottest crowd in L.A., and um, I finally get a shot at it, and my friend Dave 
who's a musician, comes down with me, and he's in the audience when I go up and I do my first set. And for some reason, my first set in this room, everything clicked. I got two standing ovations. It was one of the best sets I've ever had in my life. I get off stage, and the guy who runs this hot room was like, dude, that's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Can you come back next week? And I go, hell yes. And I walk outside with my buddy Dave. My buddy Dave, who's known me my whole life, he goes, dude, I've known you since you wanted to be a comedian to watch you come this far and do that show. I'm just so proud. He started crying, and he goes, I go, dude, they're bringing me back next week. He goes, dude, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to bring some of my musician friends. He brings the guys from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Dave Navarro Uh to sit at his table. My stomach's already starting to hurt right now. She knows exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. And I, I learned such a valuable lesson. I walked on stage with the confidence of a guy who just killed a week ago. Uh And immediately the whole crowd went, who is this dick? (laughs) And I start doing my, what's up? It's, I think I even said, it's me again. And everyone went, who? And I, I was super cocky, super confident. Nobody's laughing. It's going so bad that I'm starting to stammer. And I can feel my pits starting to sweat. Oh, no. And in the back of the room, 200 feet away. I, it's so quiet that I can hear my friend Dave say to Dave Navarro, he's usually funny. <laughs> I actually hear him say that while I'm on stage. So come out to loungeboise.com. Yeah. Loungeboise. Our most awkward situation is this right here. This one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When, when you have two really funny people in the studio have to share a microphone, share a microphone. Have one that's yeah. functional is uh, always awkward. So we thank can't you. afford this to like, do it. This is kind of a Lady in the Tramp moment <laughs> yeah. where we're sharing the spaghetti. Yeah, your, like, your, your new studio is going to have more mics, yes, right? Yes, oh, yes. The new studio okay. will have up to three Good. guest uh, microphones. Th- thank you for having nice breath this morning, <laughs> Craig. You. I appreciate that. Thank I can't you. say that that's always happened in here. Loungeboise.com for tickets to everything Jen is talking about. Loungeboise.com for Craig Gass or GetGass.com is where you can get them as well. Craig, seriously from the bottom of our hearts I know you got to go across the uh, the hall here and do your thing thank you for being a part of the show for as much as you were thank Jen you. we love you thank you for coming love in this morning too. thank you very much and uh, if you are looking for a good time this weekend go see Craig Gass at the lounge at the end of the universe we promise you you'll laugh your ass and off and everyone gets laid that's right I mean, everyone it's, it's the Craig Gass promise <laughs> everyone it's gets it's the Craig gets, Gass promise yeah, it's amazing it's so crazy I mean I uh, it's like I, one of those Tracy Morgan orgies you talk about so much buttholes and toes <laughs> buttholes Lounge at the end of the universe. Thank you very much for coming in. We appreciate you. It's headlines on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines are as follows, Big J. Superstition? It doesn't go there or dance it up. Dance it up. A British woman with a ghoulish sense of humor thought it would be funny at her funeral to leave the mourners stunned. So when Sandy Wood passed away at the age of 65 and was being remembered for her sense of humor, she decided to make the people that came to her funeral sit through a flash mob of a bunch of people dancing to Queen's Another One Bites the Dust as part of her funeral. (laughs) And uh, the flash mob performed. The local dance troupe was there called the Flaming Feathers. They did the whole performance. Uh, People were shocked. They didn't know how to react to it because nobody knew it was going to happen. Why would you? I'm at a funeral. But then uh, once they kind of the overall shock got through it, they're like, you know what? This seems like a very sandy thing to do. So why not have a little celebration with her and have a good time dancing it up? So at least tip of the cap for keeping it fun. How far do you follow someone's requests after they pass? 
Well, I guess it depends on how what your what relationship. If, what if you person? said I wanted to have a flash mob, but I want somebody to give me the Bernie Sand or the Bernie. Uh, the weekend of Bernie's treatment. Mm. Have me come out and dance. No, no. I mean, I ha- I would have to be comfortable in that situation, and that does not. That sounds like something that would haunt my dreams forever. I don't think I would want that. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it's like if I love you and you're gone, I'm gonna be really sad. I think I'm gonna be very confused that people are dancing around you. It's you know what that reminds me of, Jim Henson. Did you see the Jim Henson funeral footage? No. What? He no. had he had Big Bird at his casket and Muppets dancing. Like behind yeah, the casket? Uh, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you can Google this. Oh, Jim Henson funeral. He had he wanted everyone it was in his will that he wanted everyone to dr- uh, dress in festive, bright colors, uh-huh. and he wanted it to be a celebration. I don't mind that. I don't mind the celebration aspect <laughs> of things, but the Muppets dancing at your funeral seems a little, even almost uh, too dark for me. Big Bird at the casket. Are you, are you finding it? Yeah, today? no, there's none of that. There's none it's, of that? Uh, Although, it's, Craig, a regular... it's a great story. Yeah. Rock, <laughs> yeah. rock with it. I'm going to find it. Another, <laughs> another comedic made-up moment. <laughs> no, I swear to God. I swear to God. I'm, I know there are people out there who have seen it. I'm going to... I'm, I'm committed to finding this. Uh, let's see. Well, okay. There are some. There are. This is a different video that I found. There are. There. The, some of the Muppets are there at the funeral. Yes. Okay. So, so when uh, you say Big Bird and Jim, the first thing that comes up is Jim Henson funeral. Oh. I don't see Big Bird. I got here, it. Big Bird at Jim Henson's that's, memorial. That's a made-up video. <laughs> that's a made-up video. Yeah. Look at that. It's a. It's a church. Oh my God! It is one of those mega churches. Yeah, with hundreds and hundreds of people. No, I liked. I love Jim Henson. I love the Muppets. That creeps me the hell out. Yes, like, me too. I'm a huge Muppets fan, but I don't want to. I'm going to demand like, Muppets at my funeral. I don't want to be in a casket with the chef going. Hurry, 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 hurry. You know there are people crouched behind that casket that have to work those Wait, things. No, they weren't behind the casket. Oh, they you weren't. Okay, them. it was you a different like a stage. How okay. great yeah. would it be to go, dude? Jim Henson's working it from the casket. It's all a scam. I it's thought they were like on his casket it's dancing. Like, it is. Uh, um, yeah, he's, he's working it from. He's not even dead. What the hell is he doing over there? Quite the con. Wrap it up with that doesn't go there. A Florida woman was arrested after returning to a Palm Harbor Walmart with a bag she left in the store. Unfortunately, she returned the wrong bag. That contained all her fentanyl, Big J. Uh, her name is Karen Barkmeyer, and she allegedly was seen on video uh, basically uh, having a Paw Patrol themed bag, you know, for the kids in the pet food aisle and then she later called the location saying you know what I left the bag there I need to come back and get it and so when she did she switched out another bag unfortunately the bag that she switched out had a bunch of razor blades lighters scissors a glass pipe and a bunch of other fentanyl in there as well which of course was not purchased at Walmart Mm. and so they're like hey this is something for the police and so uh, they called her and then she uh, got arrested of course she claims that bag of fentanyl wasn't hers Big J she doesn't know where she got it but uh, it wasn't the bag that she wanted to return to Walmart, that's for sure. Did you guys ever see that episode of Cops where the lady says uh, she she flags down a cop and she goes, um, I tried to purchase crack cocaine and this is not crack and I want you to help me go to the woman's house and uh, and tell them that they just ripped me off. I gave her $20 and this is like laundry detergent. And the cop goes, okay, I'm just trying to make sure I understand you. You're telling me you just attempted to purchase crack cocaine. Yes, I did. Okay, I'm going to need you to put your hands behind your back. What? Like, she's totally (laughs) surprised. It's crazy. Dude, Cops is my favorite show. I think the hardest I've ever laughed in... No, I don't even think. 
I can actually point to one episode of, of Cops and say, that's the hardest I've ever laughed because I physically did something that I didn't even know was possible. I was laughing so hard. It was an episode of Cops where this uh, officer says, uh, we're responding to a domestic that apparently is taking place in this field over here. So it's already hilarious. They can't <laughs> afford a house to fight in. They're <laughs> yeah. fighting in a field. Right. Cop pulls over, gets out his flashlight, and he goes, hey, what's going on? And you see a middle-aged couple out in the in the field, and they're, they're arguing. And when the woman turns around, her mouth is covered in blood. Top row of teeth are missing. Bottom row of teeth are cracked. This guy clearly just assaulted this woman. Yeah. And the cop walks up and goes, what's going on? And the woman starts telling exactly what's going on. When the guy jumps in on camera and goes, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. You better tell him the truth. I will knock you out. And he said, on camera. And the cop goes, whoa, whoa. All right, miss, you sit on the hood of my car, sir. All right, you're so eager to tell me your side of the story. What's going on? And the guy goes, look, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. Because I push her. I did. I uh -huh. push her. But then she, um, uh, she assaulted me. And the cop said, she assaulted you. And he goes, she assaulted me. And the cop asked, with what? And the guy goes, her face. And I farted. I laughed so hard, I farted. Do you know how good of a laugh that is where you laugh yeah. so hard that you push gas out of your body? That is the healthiest laugh. I'm Jake just laughing so hard. You go, what yeah. the hell was that? Like, <laughs> oh. I did that the last segment we had. So. Oh, I love it. Good job, love it. Craig. Craig <laughs> is back in studio. We're going to do some bad impressions. Those are happening next. Loungeboise.com. Loungeboise.com. Buy your tickets. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And uh, Bad Impressions brought to you by the Idaho Center pre-owned Superstore, Treasure Valley Subaru. And hey, we've got some awesome tickets for you Tuesday night at the Rev Center Black Label Society. Uh, Anthrax and Exit is going to be there. We'll hook you up with tickets to that. And, of course, this weekend tonight and on Saturday night, you've got... Uh, Craig Gas going to be headlining Lounge at the end of the universe. We'll hook yes. you up with some VIP tickets. Uh, you can use those for that show if you want or some other occasion. Either way, this is what you will get if you can figure out bad impressions today. One more chance for Big J to feel less than as he has to do a bad impression <laughs> Yeah, in today front I was like, oh, hey, it's going to be good. I'll do it by myself. Oh, nope. Here he is. By so, the way, can I give you a freebie bad impression? Oh. Freebie bad impression. Freebie yeah. bad. And when I say this is uh, bad, like this is so, so remote. I can teach you how to do a Tom Snyder impression. Ooh. Now, the question is, who is Tom Snyder? <laughs> Tom Snyder <laughs> was, was famous in the 70s and 80s. He was a broadcaster who famously, on TV, every time he came back from commercial break, there would be smoke in front of his face because he would smoke cigarettes during the commercial breaks. And uh, Tom Snyder, gray-haired guy, um, he uh, the key to doing a Tom Snyder impression, and again, no one's going to get this, Come out of a big laugh right into a question. You go, <laughs> let me ask you something. That's the whole impression. There is your bad impression. Okay. The Late Late Show, Big J. Look at The up. Late Late Show. That's 208 287 1003. If you want to play Big J's bad impressions, he's got three clues to somebody famous. Figure out who that is. You've got a couple of events you can go to in the next couple of days. Hello, the X. Hello, sir. What's up, man? What's your name? My name is Bryce. All How right, are Bryce. You? We're good. You're up first, Bryce. Good yeah. luck. Fictional character here, okay, Bryce? Bryce? Fictional character. Okay. Bryce? Bryce, are you there? Bryce? I'm here. Okay. Uh, All right, good. Here we go. He responded to me. If you're a billionaire, you can become a superhero like me. Okay, next. I don't have any superpowers, but I have an amazing car or mobile. You sound just like him. Yeah. 
Here's the last one. My headquarters is pretty much a cave filled with bats. Batman? There you go. Hey, Bryce, you got it. It's fucking Batman. Bryce put a question mark at the end like, Batman? Batman? Is he really trying to be Batman? Hang out one second, man. We'll uh, hook you up with those tickets to go see Craig this weekend as well as uh, the wonderful Anthrax show coming up on Tuesday. Why is Batman in the news? All right, so Matt Reeves, director of The Batman, uh-huh. uh, is uh, in the middle of writing uh, Batman 2, uh-huh. getting that going. And he's recently uh, talked in an interview with Collider that uh, the Batverse that he's got going is separate from what James Gunn and Peter Saffron are doing over in the DCU. So it's, it's kind of own un- universe. And he says that he's been in discussions with James about stuff and that he's going to be meeting with Gunn and Saffron here in the next week to talk about uh, the plans and, uh, and they're going to hear about what he has uh, in plan- in store for the Badverse. This is also separate from the Joaquin Joker, Joker yeah. right? The Joaquin Phoenix Joker that they're doing. This is another universe separate even from that Batman as well. So Batman. all of these are disconnected despite the the, uh, the James Gunn connection. So that must have been like uh, a caveat that they were like, yeah, yeah, you can do whatever, but not mess up this. I think mm. it's like, let's not mess with the properties that are actually making money. You know, the Joker yeah. made a billion dollars. Batman, the Batman made a ton of money. Yeah. And they're just like, let's see if we can mess with the stuff that's not making money and see what happens. So we'll see what happens going forward. But yes, definitely uh, the Batman 2 will be coming out, I'm sure, in the next two years. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll wrap things up here with Craig Gass. That's coming up next on the x Rocks. <laughs> That's the latest from Bad Omens. It's called Just Pretend here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Craig Gass has joined us the majority of this week. It's always good to have him in studio. He is going to be having two more shows at the Lounge at the End of the Universe. One tonight at 7, one tomorrow night at 7. LoungeBoise.com for tickets. GetGas.com also is where you can grab tickets and see what he's up to down the road. Uh, Craig, we love you, brother. Thank you yeah. so much for coming in. I'm so happy to be back in Boise. The material is so much fun. Um, I am doing uh, Boise specific material because I'm having sex with one of the most famous women in Boise. It's all and true. It's awesome. It's all true. So <laughs> sex with Boise. Yeah, it feels good, right? If you want to know who that girl is, come down to the show. I'll be having sex with her in the parking lot. Oh, is that true? I missed that part last night. Son of a gun. Uh, yeah, uh, we went out in the parking lot and uh, yeah, we uh, created an art exhibit. <laughs> well, if it's in at the lounge, that makes sense. It actually looks like the Boost Mobile logo. <laughs> If you're familiar with it. By the way, Magenta. unrelated, uh, uh, Jay off the air was telling me about going to see a show at, was it the House of Blues in Vegas? Yeah. Okay. I have a story about that venue that I'd like to just share with you. And it goes back to the bombing stories that I was sharing uh-huh. earlier. I opened for Norm MacDonald at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. Oh, man. And um, it was a sold out show. I think it's 1,400 people. And I go out to the stage, and this guy walks up and introduces himself as the host of the show. And he goes, are you Craig? And I go, yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm the host. Um, What do you want me to say about you? And I go, oh, just say um, uh, King of Queens, uh, family guy. And he's like, okay, cool. Oh, man, I'm nervous. And I go, yeah. I go, it's a big crowd, man. he goes, that's my first time. And I go, it's your first time doing a big show? or?" And he goes, no, first time doing stand-up. And I go... You've never done stand-up before? And he goes, no. And I go, how did you get this gig? And he goes, I work here. I'm a bartender. And uh, 
always wanted to be a comedian, man. I've always, <laughs> it's been my dream to do stand-up comedy. And uh, Norm McDonald's my favorite comic. And we get the schedule like six months in advance. And when I saw that my favorite comedian was coming, I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I campaigned. Like, everyone that works here is like, you got to give Jeff the gig. And and so a, a bunch of people that work here took the night off. They're in the crowd watching, man. They're coming here to support. And I was like, but you haven't, you haven't, like, you haven't done, like, an open mic at all or rehearsed? And he goes, no, this is it. And I went, well, good luck, dude. <laughs> and he walked out on stage and exactly what you think was going to happen. He was, was awesome. Happen. He walked out on stage and it was just silence. <laughs> silence. He was doing this really amateur thing where he physically leaned into a punchline <laughs> and nothing would be there. And he ca- and then he started, uh, you could hear he had dry mouth. Oh, and he's no. starting to like, um, um, and it's totally awkward. And it's like five minutes into the show, it's just like people are going, What is this? And he makes a massive rookie mistake. When one of his jokes doesn't land, he goes, Well, maybe you had to be there. <laughs> and a guy in the back row of the upper balcony goes, Maybe you're not funny! <laughs> and that's the first laugh of the night. <laughs> Boom! Everyone starts laughing. And even Norm MacDonald snuck up behind me and he said, Oh, man, I feel bad for this guy, man. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Don't make fun of him, yeah? I feel bad. Don't, don't make fun of him. Like, Norm was unbelievably empathetic about it. And I was like, all right, all right, I won't make fun of him. But you have to do something. Yeah. Like, anytime you do stand-up comedy and the guy in front of you bombs... Or the guy in front of you is Dave Chappelle. You can't you can't walk out on stage and be like, "All right, my name's Craig." Like you have to acknowledge what, what just happened. What just happened, yeah. especially if it's a Dave Chappelle, you have to go. All right, listen, I don't even want to do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like my girlfriend just left to go hang out and take a picture with Dave Chappelle. I understand. Like you have to acknowledge so the crowd knows. Like, hey, you get it. We get like they develop empathy for you. So watching this guy. Eat his own nuts on stage to walk out on stage after him. He goes, All right, please welcome Craig Gass. And I got the microphone. I go, Thank you. And I just looked at the crowd and went, All right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm not going to make jokes. I'm just going to acknowledge with a deep breath, just a deep sigh. We all understand. And the crowd was like, Yes, now you take over. Like, so, but yeah. That, by the way, I, I feel weird about sharing so many bombing stories leading up to the shows at the lounge. Yeah. Um, Kill it. And you know what? Fine. Even if it is a bomb, how great would that be to no. call in on Monday from the airport and go, <laughs> Jay was right. <laughs> Don't put that on me. <laughs> Craig yeah. Gass, ladies and gentlemen, at the lounge at the end of the universe this weekend, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock shows, uh, loungeboise.com for tickets. Uh, you know you're welcome in here anytime. I know because of your relationship, you might be bouncing back in town a little bit more than often, so come on in anytime, dude. Whether yeah, I think, gotta, yeah. Not, I think this summer when friends are performing in Boise, mm-hmm. I'll come in and hang out with friends and I'll let you know and awesome. we'll hang out together. And, and awesome. this, the next time, it's, it's Nick's treat. 
Yes. Oh yeah. You, you, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. screwed me yesterday when paying for for breakfast. But thank you very much. But that was supposed to be on me. Well, uh, it's leading up to a massive order that I'm going to place in June. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be fair like, enough. No, take us to a steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> take us somewhere. Yeah. We'll go to Roost Chris. I'll put. That. I mean, I owe you at least that for helping out with the murder mystery. Dude, program. it's it's so hard to beat those omelets though. So they are good. I'm I'm, I'm good for omelets. So. Craig Gas, grab uh, information at getgas.com. Two S's by the way to make sure you're going the right place. You can keep track of where he's playing, but he's in town this weekend so go to lounge boys and grab your tickets for that thank you again sir we appreciate it thank you guys we love you man morning after you too. with nick and big j we'll see you on monday jason drew's up next it's ex rocks the morning after podcast brought to you by idaho advocates you didn't deserve to be in an accident but you do deserve an advocate make sure you hit them up on their website idahoadvocates.com